We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Andy Herman of the Pack of Day Podcast. I'm here to tell you about TickPick. TickPick should be your very first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Packaday Podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Packaday Podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Packaday Podcast. The holiday-ish edition of the Packaday Podcast. I am your co-host, Dusty Evely. With me tonight is Sarah Kelleher. No Steve Perhatch tonight, sadly. We will somehow find a way to manage without him. But uh, Sarah, how are you? How was your weekend? I know you had stuff going on during the game, uh, but uh, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking. It was a nice weekend for sure. Got to see Spider-Man, which <laughs> if you're watch or if you're listening and you've already watched it, you know how good it was. So that was awesome. And then I had my holiday concert, which is where I was for about three quarters of the game on Sunday. And that went really well. And it was super awesome to see my family. They were able to make the drive up and we had a nice dinner afterward. Um, so that was just really great. We ended up watching the end of the game and it was just a good time. What about you, Dusty? How was your weekend? It was good. It was fun. You know, got to, got to watch the game, watch it by my, I was going to say watch it by myself, but really I watched it, you know, my, my kids were around and everything. I didn't get a chance to go anywhere and watch with people, but you know, I get, get to watch my daughter's old enough. She asks questions about why this happens, what that happens. I have no idea how much she retains or how much she actually cares, but that's that's always kind of fun. Uh, and then, yeah, I got, got to see the win, you know, a little tighter than I would have liked. Uh, but, you know, NFC North clinching win is fun. So all in all, a nice weekend. I did not watch Spider-Man, but I did start Hawkeye. So I've got, you know, I got that going for me, Sarah. I got that going for me. There you go. Another great Marvel project. That's so. right, man. That's right. I'm all in. I'm all in. Uh, all right, we're going to move on. We got uh, actually, I guess before we do that, Sarah, what were your thoughts? Did you, I don't know if you rewatched the game or anything. What were you, what some of your, your takeaways from the game this past weekend? Yeah, my main takeaway was a, a win is a win. It was ugly at times, but Rogers played super well. I mean, he just looked incredible. That throw to MVS, I know everybody's talking about it, but I can't stop watching that. I just, <laughs> how, how do you do that? Um, and then just the way they were covering Devonte was very interesting as well. And I, I believe Roger said he has never seen a team cover a player like that. And that's just kind of a testament to Devonte Adams and 
how he is. But good Lord, again, special teams, just stop doing what you're doing and it could be better because it's that bad. Um, But overall, again, it wasn't the prettiest win, at least in the beginning and then in some parts toward the end. But the Packers found a way to win. And they've continuously done this throughout the year where you're like, oh, gosh, this is a team. This is the defense everyone's talking about. This is the offense. And then they end up winning the games. And there's you know no points for style. A win is a win. First team to clinch this season. Third year in a row that they've won the NFC North. So, hey, at the end of the day, good things are happening for Green Bay. Yeah, special teams is almost comical at this point. Like they had a a pooch kick rolling between a man's legs, like he was an elementary school kid uh, playing baseball. Like just like almost comical uh, if it wasn't just so terrible to watch. But yeah, like you said, they keep winning. Won the NFC North. <laughs> like we see that, and like oh man, special teams got a nightmare. And then I watched Kirk Cousins float a beautiful interception to no one in particular. So listen, things could always that be worse. was such. <laughs> It wasn't a shock, but at the same time, it was just so shocking. It was jarring. When yeah. he threw it, you're like, oh, okay. And then the camera just – it it looked like an SNL sketch in the sense where he threw it, and you're like, oh, all right. And then the camera just quickly pans, and there's just no one except the one I thought player. I lost time. Like, it was so bad that I was like – did they punt? Like I thought he dropped back to throw. Was did they punt? Because it was it was like a fair catch. Like he's standing back there and he's all yeah. alone and he just oh man, like high comedy, highest of high comedy. That uh, I would like to think that if I took one snap with the best offensive line possible, that I could at least make a throw better than that. Like I would at least throw it toward someone <laughs> that was on my team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was real good. So uh, so it could always be worse. And again, I mean, I say it could always be worse. Packers have lost three games, and they've uh, you know the, the Ravens, you know, were beat up, but they're still the Ravens. And Packers, uh, you know, again, again, got a little closer than it should have, hopefully. But uh, you know, the the Lions beat the Cardinals this past weekend, and the Saints uh, shut out the Bucks. So it could always be worse. Uh, nice, nice to have that division title in hand with three games remaining. Pretty sweet, really. Uh, all right, Sarah, let's get to uh, we're going to talk about some news and notes, some stuff that happened since the past game. And with the short week, we do have the injury report as well. So we're going to hit that. Uh, the first note that came out uh, yesterday, MVS on the COVID reserve list, which stinks. Now, we don't know. Not a whole lot of information is out at this point. We're recording this on Tuesday. Uh, you know, we read some stuff and it's it looks like based on kind of how he's um, I know Justice Muscato over at Acme Packing Company wrote something about this. Based on how he's conducting interviews, it certainly looks like he is vaccinated or at least treated as though he's vaccinated. And so that and that comes down to positive or negative test. And we don't know if he's actually positive. So there is still a chance that perhaps he plays this weekend. Right now, it looks like he is out with that. And so we'll, that's something we'll continue to follow, which is a shame based on how he played this past week. The offense is different. The offense is better with MVS in it. And he turned in just a tremendous game this past weekend. So, uh, Sarah, what are your thoughts on uh, if MVS cannot play this weekend? I mean, it sucks. He is a great piece in addition to the Packers offense. And like you said, he just had a really good game. And there were times where the connection between Rodgers and MVS looked a bit off. And this past Sunday, it was on. And it really felt like, okay, he's coming on at the right time. If he gets hot now and that connection, you know, it finally comes through right before the playoffs. And and then they go into the playoffs. And, you know, the Packers have that deep threat in MVS. And it's there and working look out because a really good offense just got even better. And then it's like, oh, buzzkill, he has COVID. So 
I really hope that first and foremost that he's okay, that he's feeling all right. If he has symptoms, that they're as mild as possible. And it would be great if he was able to turn around and test negative, but it is a short week and it's a tight turnaround. And you also have to think too, it it does stink. And I know a lot of people are going through it right now with the spike in cases across the country, but Christmas week, you know, you're probably going to have to spend it alone and that just sucks all around. Uh, So hope he has a speedy recovery. Hope um, he's able to still make the most of Christmas and we'll see, but I just, it sucks. There's really nothing else to say about it if he's not able to play. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's a good reminder for some of that. It's it, a lot of times we, um, you know, we talk about this in terms of football and what does the offense miss and what does the defense miss and how does that impact the game and all that. But there, there's, you know, uh, w- as with all of this, there's, there's humans behind us, a human element. And, you know, this week, like I said, with the holidays and all that stuff, kind of you know, missing out on that. So we just you know, very much want to, I, I, you know, as a reminder to myself as well, like it's, it's more about the what what impact he has on the game. So we really do just hope he's he's okay. Uh, it'd be nice to see him out there. And if he's not, we just hope we hope he's going to be all right with this uh moving on there was a a note about uh david bakhtiari jerry alexander and zedaria smith the three men who there's a weekly question at this point when are they going to play we know bakhtiari and jair have been practicing a little bit they've been out there on the practice field Z has not been uh they've already said this week bakhtiari and jr jair sorry jair are not playing this weekend and uh zedarius is still not the ability to practice so I mean, Sarah, is any of this shocking to you at all? I mean, at this point, it feels like even if they're able to come back, it's likely not going to be until the playoffs at this point, uh, you know, unless they, they face a must win if they drop one of these games and they face a must win in the last you know couple weeks of the season. But uh, it's I mean, they're, if they're out this week, they have two more weeks. And then if they win out those, they've got the week and then the bye week. So do you, do you expect to see any of these guys before the playoffs at this point? At this rate, No. And I really wish that wasn't the case, but some of these injuries that they're dealing with, not some of them, all of them are very serious. And I'm sure that the Packers don't want to risk putting them out there and something really bad happening and then them being knocked out for the rest of the playoffs. I'm sure that the Packers would rather have them for the start of the playoffs than for them to play, you know, the last week or two and then get hurt and then, hopefully they're like, oh, well, we have to win or we have to make it to the Super Bowl in order for them to be able to play again. Like it has to be three or four weeks. Yeah. It, when when you, the playoffs start, you want your best players available. So I don't really see it happening, honestly. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I mean, it certainly seems like, I mean, you never want to take anything to, for granted. I mean, you know, they're down MVS. We know Cleveland's out a bunch of guys, and we're going to talk about some of those here in a second. So you don't want to take a win for granted. But it certainly seems like, you know, if they, if they win out these next three, which – certainly seems like something on the table. I know Minnesota gave them troubles earlier, but I mean, it's, it's the Browns, a very beat up Browns team on a, on a surprised short week, the Vikings and the lions, they're going to be favored in all of those. So if you can just sit on those, get the one and you hope you can bring, I mean, at this point, you know, who knows what's going on with Bakhtiari because um, he has been practicing. We don't know anything about Z. I mean, he's a big dude and he had a back injury. We, we have no idea what's happening there. So I'm, I'm with you as well. Like no matter what happens these next three weeks, I certainly don't expect to see any of them back for the playoffs, which sucks because uh, you want to see them and just beyond the beyond the health part of it. It's it's the rust. Well, they haven't had any game speed. I mean, Bakhtiari in a full year. Jair was out uh, what week five, week six. Zadaria has been out all year as well. So it'd be nice to kind of get them in, but I, I certainly don't expect to see them before the playoffs, which which sucks. Um, 
All right, talking about injuries, we're going to move to the injury report. Now, it's a, it's a strange injury report because neither teams actually practice, but they have to release the injury reports anyway. So it says they didn't practice, so they do have their Tuesday participation, but it says right underneath, participation reports are an estimation because they didn't practice. Again, it's a short week, and the Browns didn't practice because they played at 5 p.m. on Monday, so they did not practice on Tuesday. So some of the big names, and we talked about Bakhtari already, uh, uh, Daphne was limited, is listed as limited, Deguara full participant with the back and he played quite a few snaps. You know, he played a lot of the game this past week. So that's not a surprise. Uh, Jones with a knee was limited. Uh, Mario Rogers with a shoulder was full. You know, that's, that's nice. Uh, EQ with a concussion limited. Sarah, I know you said he's still in the uh, concussion protocol there. It'd be nice to see him back, especially with, with MVS out. Ty Summers did not participate with the hamstrings. Malik Taylor with a shoulder did not. And then Billy Taylor with a knee did not. So that's the Packers. Now over to the Brown side. We'll, we'll kick this off with a guy who is not on the uh, the injury report, and that's Tack McKinley. Tack McKinley, good player for the Browns. I really like Tack McKinley. Tore his Achilles uh, against the Raiders this past week, so he's done for this season, likely, you know, all of, uh, you know, uh, most of, if not all of next season. So that sucks. He's a good guy, good good dude on the line there. So the Packers aren't going to see him. Uh, Miles Garrett is the big one. Tweet, he has a groin injury. Uh, he finished the game against the Raiders, um, but was hobbled, clearly hobbled. Uh, and then it's, you know, Harrison Bryant, limited participation. Malik Jackson did not participate. John Johnson, their safety, did not participate. The hamstring. Greg Newsom with concussion. He's still in protocol. He did not participate. Uh, JC Treader with a knee, limited participation. Sarah, this is a lot of names. This is a lot of names. What, what, are, your, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, the injury report. It's you know you expect them long this time of year, but this seems uh this seems a bit much. This is a bit much. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's excessive, and then you have to take into account what's not listed on here, which is all of the COVID cases that the Browns are dealing with, too. So it's just a lot. Um, And, you know, obviously, we just talked about how MBS tested positive. Hopefully, no one else on the Packers tests positive, but we've Mm -hmm. seen it happen where if one guy tests, then 
typically one or two others or a coach or someone else's as well. So hopefully that can be contained. But yeah, this is rough, uh, you know, for both teams, obviously, but a little more so for the Browns. And, you know, Miles Garrett is a big one with a groin injury. He and Aaron Rodgers spoke to the media today or Tuesday, um, since you're listening to this on Wednesday. And he talked about Miles Garrett and how he's a game changer and how when he's there, his presence is felt. And obviously, if the Packers don't have like if they're not playing against him, that's a huge advantage for them. He is someone that can really disrupt the flow of the game and clearly someone, a guy like Aaron Rodgers respects. As far as the Packers, I, I don't really expect much to change from this past week. Um, EQ, we'll see what happens. He's still in the concussion protocol. It would be nice, especially since MBS is most likely going to be out on Saturday. If EQ is able to clear concussion protocol and play, that's at least another number for the on the receiver's side. And we know that Rodgers is really starting to grow fond of EQ and he really mm-hmm. likes what he sees and he trusts him. So uh, if any, like that's kind of the one I'm going to be monitoring the most. I know, you know, Rodgers and Jones and DeGuara are on there, but they all, we know Rodgers is going to play. Jones will play. DeGuara is probably going to play too. So EQ for me is a big one to monitor, especially with MBS most likely out. Yeah, for sure. He's he's played really well for them. I know we've got a question on him later. Um, but he's played really well. And yeah, especially with MVS. They don't have a lot of guys with that kind of game-breaking speed. And EQ's got speed. It's a different kind of speed than MVS. But still, he's a guy that can do a lot of things for you in the game. So I, that's, I, I'm with you. I think of all the guys, that's the guy like, well, it, it, with MVS out, it sure would be nice to have EQ. So... Right, so enough of this this sad, depressing injury report stuff. Uh, Rogers, as he is every Tuesday, is on McAfee, and you got a chance to watch it as you often do. So, Sarah, what are some of, some of the takeaways from Aaron Rodgers and McAfee this week? Yes, so an interesting episode. Um, Rogers was live from the facility since it is a short week, and he was wearing a cancel culture. Uh, sweatshirt gifted to him by Dave Portnoy. So do <laughs> what you want with that information. Um, so that that was an interesting start. And Pat and the boys definitely had a, had a fun conversation about that. They obviously discussed 442. That's the big theme this week. It, you know, Rogers throws one touchdown. He's going to break Favre's record, um, which is a huge deal. And how cool that it could potentially be on Christmas Day at Lambeau Field. Um, And they talked about, like, he's had so many interceptions and you have barely any and you're going to have more touchdowns than him. And he he had a really interesting, uh, I would call it a reflection about his career, even from high school to JUCO to college to to now, um, about how he knows if you turn the ball over, you're not going to play. And that he just would tell himself that all the time and he – learn to adjust and throw it away when he could and um, things of that sort. So it was an interesting conversation. They talked about, of course, the crazy throw to MVS. And if he was able to just bend it because Rogers is a magician, or if he used the wind a bit to help him out, and he said he definitely used the wind to his advantage, which is still awesome. I can't imagine even just standing still and like really focusing hard and be like, okay, when the gust of wind comes, I'm going to throw this ball and it's going to bend. And the fact that he's making decisions like that so quickly on the move against 
some of the most athletic guys on the planet is insane. Um, the biggest thing that came out of uh, this week's episode of the show was that he talked about how the Packers travel so well, and that's the Packers themselves and the fan base. And he goes, you know, I feel like we always get everyone's best shot because you're either playing at Lambeau Field, which is iconic, or you're hosting the effing Green Bay Packers. So I thought that was awesome. Again, another thing where I'm like, mm, this kind of makes me feel like Rodgers could stay, but who knows what's going to happen. He talked about the fans. He said we have incredible fans, that there's Packers bars all over the place, all over the world. He said he actually has been to one in Paris before. He talked about how, you know, at almost every away game, there's go pat go chants that start throughout the game at one point. So you can tell he really appreciates the fan base that the Packers have, and he really enjoys playing in front of them, whether it's at home or on the road. We talked about, like I mentioned before, the crazy coverage on Devontae Adams and how Devontae was able to beat it regardless of two, three guys being on him at times, which is just insane. And then Pat pointed out that the Sky Cam, which is always on Aaron Rodgers, right before the kneel down at the end of the game, they could tell that Rodgers was hyping the boys up. He was giving everybody a motivational speech. So he said, you know, what was that? What was that all about? And he goes, you know, I want a lot of it to stay in the moment, but it was basically that, like, guys, let's enjoy this because what we're doing is really special. Obviously, clinching and winning the NFC North is not, you know, the end of their goals, he said, but he was like, it's still hard to do, especially three years in a row, and that doesn't happen all the time. So let's just soak it in, celebrate, and then go achieve our next goal course he talked about everybody's favorite packer is especially matt lafleur's favorite packer and that's you know mercedes lewis big dog how he never gets tackled by the first guy and then aj hawk asked who he wants who aaron Rodgers would want to play him in his future movie and he said pete davidson so i'm really glad that he's self-aware about some of the jokes that are being made about him um again he shared his opinions about the COVID-19 policies that have since been updated since he tested positive, oh, oh gosh, a couple months ago now. Um, he expressed that he personally believes that there's not enough conversations around health or how to be healthier, like with your diet, vitamins, or exercise with society as a whole, but also in the league and that the league should explore some other treatment options that can help some people like him or other players recover. Uh, so he shared his thoughts about that a little bit. And that was pretty much it. No book club this week. They took off for Christmas. Um, and, you know, hopefully next week's show should be really exciting because Rodgers would have broken Favre's record. So I'm sure they're going to toast to that and go crazy. That's awesome. That's all that sounds. I, I love the, uh, I know there was, there was some conversation after the fact about, um, what he what he was potentially saying to the guys uh, as he was kneeling down because that was not a that was not a kneel down huddle. Everyone knows what to do when you're kneeling down. Uh, so that's cool. That he, I know I kind of assumed he was not going to tell everything, but it's cool that he shared a little insight on that. That's awesome. Uh, all right, well, we've got a game coming up this weekend. As we talked about, it, it's the, it's the Browns. The Browns are coming off a. Uh, a loss, kind of a heartbreaker against the Raiders that was rescheduled. So it was Monday at 5 p.m., which was bizarre. I totally forgot about that when I turned on the TV at like 7. I was like, oh, there's a game already in progress. This is – was not expecting this. Uh, so you got the Browns coming in on Christmas. Sarah, 
as we always do, we look at the Packers offense, we look at the opposing defense, pick out something we're looking we're looking at. What are you looking at uh, this weekend against the uh, against the Browns playing playing on Christmas Day on Saturday on a short week, uh, having just played on Monday? Packers football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Packer tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site, and the only one you'll ever need is your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices in all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Recently, I was just able to pick up tickets to Packers Vikings in Minnesota, going to be heading west for that game. Attending my first game in the new Vikings stadium, cannot wait for that. Let me tell you, it was so incredibly easy to use TickPick. No awful service fees. I cannot recommend it enough. And the easiest way to do so is by going to TickPick.com slash Packaday today to save $10 on your first order of Packers tickets or any other tickets that you want to purchase. Yeah, so if you're a numbers person, the... Brown's defense uh, matches up very similar, actually, to the, the Packers' defense. If you look at the numbers, the average number of passing yards they allow per game, rushing yards, points per game, they're all very similar. Like it, I was looking and I was kind of shocked at how close they were. So they have some of the same issues, um, but overall, they're a top defense in the league. And especially if guys like Miles Garrett are in the mix, They can be a lot to handle. But this week, I'm going to really be looking for how the Packers attack the Browns secondary. It's definitely something that we've seen. If you've watched any of the Browns games or just seen highlights, at times they can get exposed in the secondary. And it's not all the time. You know, overall, they're pretty decent. But sometimes they get caught on really big plays and teams are able to put them away that way. And we know, obviously, it sucks because this would have been a great week for MBS to get involved. But you know who else can run deep routes? Delonte Adams. You know who else can do that? EQ, if he's available and he can play. So I'm going to be looking for that, how the Packers specifically attack the Browns secondary. And then who's the guy that's going to get the big, long touchdown for the Packers this week? Because I feel it in my bones that we're going to get one. So we'll see. Amari Rogers. It's going to be Amari Rogers. Hey, I don't really care who it is as long as it happens. So <laughs> I would take that. Yeah, and I'm I'm somewhat similar. It's tough. We <laughs> said so there's so many guys out. You have no idea kind of what's going to happen with you know the injuries again. McKinley's out but with the the COVID stuff and the way it's been killing the Browns so far. It's it's tough to kind of preview this game a little bit because they are coming off a short week and are they going to be motivated by a loss? Are they going to be crushed? And also, are they going to have enough guys to feel the team? Questions like that. But I mean, for me, the big one it just comes down to it's simple, man. It's the health of Miles Garrett because the Browns defense is you know somewhat inconsistent, like you said, Sarah. They're prone to those busts. I know by football. It's DVOA. I think they've got the 23rd pass defense, 15th rush. Um, so, you know, not great. Um, certainly not up to the potential of their team, but that doesn't mean they can't they can't be good and destructive because they do have, when those guys are healthy, and we just talked about McKinley, they have a solid line, and we know Miles Garrett can just wreck a game, and that's all it takes. And, I mean, this, this Packers offensive line has held up well so far. You know, Dennis Kelly gave up some pressures this past week where he just completely lost against Justin Houston. You know, the interior can have problems with stunts. Uh, Nyman has been good, but he's also he's run into a couple issues over on the left there as well. And so it still is very much an offensive line that is held together by duct tape. And a guy like Miles Garrett can just absolutely destroy that. So if he's right, you know, he's like 
leading, you know, I, I, at this point, I just kind of assume he's running, winning defensive player of the year. He got 68 pressures on the year, which is tied for fourth in the league, 17 sacks. And just like, and that doesn't even feel like that does, that does it justice. Like if you watch him, he's just, just a whirling dervish man like he's it's the tasmanian devil he's out there he's just wrecking stuff every single play and i mean you see how close some of these games are one or two plays not even just one or two plays can turn it but the way you can destroy a line and the way that kind of kind of kills everything else and dictates what you can do offensively so that that's that's the big thing for me it almost feels like that the playoff matchup against the rams when donald was hurt like you want to see the teams at full strength you obviously want to do that and to me i mean that's that's miles garrett a groin injury Groin injuries are, are no joke. We've talked about them before. It's uh, There's something that can really hamper you, and it's really hard to recover from fully, especially off a short week like this. He injured it in the Raiders game, if I'm not mistaken. So just looking at him and how they attack that, if he's right, uh, it's going to be – He's going to make their life. He's going to make it very difficult. Even if the you know the Browns have been an, a not great team this year, it's, he's going to make life very difficult on that line. But if he's hampered, um, life's going to be a little easier, which then opens up some of that deep stuff downfield. So it's all it's all in the trenches, man, and and specifically all eyes on Miles Garrett and how the Packers deal with that. So. All right. Um, this is normally where we talk about the prop bet. We have a prop bet for the week, and uh, we're just calling it. Uh, it's specifically me. I am calling the prop bet. Uh, we're putting an end to this whole charade. We've got three games left, and technically I could have a chance to tie Sarah, but we all know that I'm not going to tie Sarah. So we're going to call it uh, with the with last week. Sarah and Steve both won. Uh, I lost. Steve comes in at 9-5. and five. Sarah comes in at seven and seven, very respectable. And I come in at a lowly four and 10, a lowly four and 10. So just a, a poor showing by me. We're still trying to come up with, uh, I don't know, punishments or something for me to do. We've gotten a, we've gotten a couple. I think we're going to get to one a little later that I actually kind of dig, uh, I've not been a fan of all of them so far. I don't think any of us have been. So we got to figure out some kind of punishment for me. We're, we're, we're putting an end, putting an end to all this. We don't need this anymore in our lives. We already know how this ends. So well, thanks to everyone for following along. We did get a good suggestion mm-hmm. from Scottish Packers fan. Yeah, so, we yeah. Do we want to cover that now? We got a yeah, we got a very good suggestion from him. Yeah, let's do it, Sarah. What did Scottish Packers fan say? Because I really like this one. So this was such a good idea, but we're not sure it's so much of a punishment. Mm-hmm. But we're seriously now like, should we do this? I mean, we know Steve isn't here, but I'm like, I'm down to do this. He said a wee idea for the prophet. Whoever loses should host the other two for a, war- a watch party of game one of the 2022 season and prepare a meal based on the food conversations you've had over the last few years on the podcast and provide an excellent bourbon, assuming it's dusty. And you could record your first in-person podcast at the same time. So you know what? Yeah. All I that sounds you. great. All that sounds there. great. I'll be there. Dusty will be waiting on me, serving me food from his smoker, I'll get to hang out with Dusty's lovely family. I would do it. No questions asked. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. I mean, there's travel involved, obviously. I'm in Kentucky, so I'm, I'm kind of between Steve and Sarah here. Uh, we don't know if that's the way we're going to go. But I read that and I was like, well, that doesn't sound like a punishment. That sounds like a blast. We should do that anyway. It sounds, yeah. sounds awesome. Like, so, why did we wait this long to yeah, come up I was trying to think of like, like food we've talked about on the podcast. I don't know what we've talked about on the podcast versus off the podcast. I do know that one of the things Steve told me about was <laughs> like the stuffed jalapeno, the bacon wrapped jalapeno poppers on the grill. And I was like, okay, yeah, no, oh yeah, no, twist my arm. No, make me make those again. So uh, we appreciate that suggestion. It's my favorite one because it sounds like a blast, uh, whether whether it's for the prop or not. So we're, we're 
you know, we're going to keep that under our hats. We're going to see if that ends up uh, working out, but that's certainly something we're going to be looking at because I think that'd be awesome. And that transitions us nicely. Sarah, we did get, uh, you know, some other Twitter questions from people. Thank you, as always, for sending these in. Some great questions. We, we don't get a chance to get to all of them, but we do appreciate you sending them in. So, Sarah, what do we have for questions this week? All righty. Our first question is from Joshua Pinesky, and he wants to know, I know it's early, but has Equiminia St. Brown earned a spot next year? What about Trevor Davis? What's the last running back duo like Jones and Dylan that you remember? I'll go. I mean, EQ. Yeah, I've I've been a huge EQ fan for a very long time. Um, kind of what he can bring to the table. And this year, I think he stepped up his game. You know, obviously his snaps have been somewhat limited. And he has the concussions, so he didn't play this past game. He's been in and out. But I think the the thing that's impressed me the most about him, you know, started started the season on a practice squad, so he wasn't early. But you can tell. I think I talked about this last week. You can tell the stuff he's worked on. Like he's really worked on his blocking. He was always kind of a more of a nuisance than anything. Like a guy who he's he had effort. He always had effort. Uh, he just didn't always know exactly where to be or the technique on how to accomplish certain things. Uh, but he's, he's really put the work in. They, they were using him a couple weeks ago in roles you'd normally see only for Lazard. And he's not the blocker that Lazard is. But you, I mean, he put in work to even get that respectable. And and I think he's you know improved as a route runner. He still has some issues with his hands. But EQ, I mean, I think absolutely deserves a spot. You know, he's never going to be, you know, number one, number two, you know, maybe not even number three wide receiver. But for a guy you can bring in, you know, on some of those plays, he has the speed, he has ability, like really smooth out of his cuts. I think he absolutely deserves uh, another shot. I'd love to see him back. Tyler Davis, I, I mean, I've talked about him here a handful of times. I like Tyler Davis just from a profile perspective. I don't know a ton about him. We obviously haven't seen a ton from him. He played 19 snaps this past week, which was the most he's played so far this season. He caught that really nice seam ball, which was just, just you know, beautiful throw, nice release, really well done. Um, he's one of those guys that, that, I you you can kind of dream on like I don't even think he's going to be you know NFL ready starter next year if he continues on you know a hopeful progression here, but in a couple of years he's a project guy that you hope pans out. So I I would like to see him back around just because the I don't know what he brings to the table the athleticism that he brings there I think would be uh, it'd be nice but I also wouldn't be heartbroken uh, if he's not back. I just he, they brought him in as a body and he's done a good job. I, I think there's just stuff there you can dream on but you can't bank on happening. Um, as far as guys like that tandem, I just, I'm going to go back to Rondane and Tiki Barber, just that thunder and lightning style, just that big bruising back that just run through your face and then kind of a slashing guy that can, that can bounce outside and get you some, uh, get you some nice explosives there. So uh, I know there's been more since then. Uh, and then, you know, on the giants as well, but I'll, I'll go back to Rondane and Tiki Barber. And apologies because I accidentally said Trevor Davis by habit instead of Tyler Davis. I guess my brain is still stuck in twenty. I bring, I bring Trevor Davis back as well. Let's just <laughs> let's let's just do it, Sarah. All right, our next question is from Robin Robin Erickson, and they want to know which three of the draft choices from the last two drafts would you sign long term tomorrow? Also, Merry Christmas slash Gajul from Norway, which is Merry Christmas in Norwegian. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, I went. I, I went from looking at this question, going, I don't know, to naming my three guys immediately. Uh, so I'm going to go uh, Stokes, Aguara, Dylan. Um, I would like to throw Amari Rogers in there as well, just because I really, really like him. But he hasn't shown as much as the other guys yet. So that's where I'm going to go. I mean, Stokes looks like a dude already. Um, he uh, just almost perfect in this defense. You know, we've seen him cover down the field. He certainly had some issues at times, but something like what he did this past week, where I can't remember, he had like uh, I don't know seven catches against for 25 yards or something like that, where he was just rally and tackle, rally and tackle. He didn't miss a single tackle, solid tackler, good coverage skills. Like 
certainly has room to grow, but you didn't expect him to be playing this bigger role so far this season. So I think Stokes is that dude. And then DeGuar and Dylan are just, they seem like, I've been saying since DeGuar was drafted, he's the guy that seems like could unlock LaFleur's offense. And really, I think that guy might be A.J. Dillon now. But you can see what DeGuar has grown into. He's kind of that, he's that H-back. He's like, takes great pleasure in blocking. Like, just loves blocking. And if he gets catches, that's that's extra. But we've seen what he does with the ball in his head. There's no wasted movement there. He gets the ball. He gets vertical. He does what he's supposed to. He's a physical dude, but also seems like a good-natured guy. And then Dylan is just – Dylan's the same way. Like, Dylan will just run through your face. And he's just the nicest man. I got a chance. I, I was I was on the Carry the G panel this week with him over at Cheesehead. And he's just such a nice man. And you're like, he's punishing people week in, week out, just demolishing people. But he's just such a sweet person. So uh, that'd be mine. It's uh, Stokes, DeGuar, and Dylan. You could go a thousand different ways, but that's off the top of my head. I I think those are the guys that kind of want to build uh, build some of the, the defensive offense around. All righty. Our next question is from Eric Rose, and he wants to know. I asked an expert this question earlier, and he's going to investigate further, but... What would you guys do versus tight ends like Andrews, Kittle, or Kelsey going forward? That looked rough for Savage. And then a holiday question, Christmas Eve gifts or Christmas morning? I mean, some of it, you know, some of it got to rough those guys up a little bit if you can. Obviously, the tight ends are big dudes. Andrew's a big dude. Obviously, Kittle's a big guy as well. But you got to, you've almost got to like burn a player on that guy to to just not let them clean off the line. We've seen that some with Travis Kelsey so far this year, where guys will just get on him and they'll just beat the hell out of him at the line. And so some of it is that, you know, I don't know if that's, you know, Devondre Campbell. You think of like kind of a long limbed guy that's quick enough to kind of do some of that. Obviously, you don't want to burn him on that. You take him out of the play, but something like that. Um, you know, you obviously need you need someone with coverage skills down the field, and they're fast enough. I mean, Savage was just Savage got brutalized, and some of that was on him, and some of that was on you know I don't know different things. Coverages are passed off to him, and he doesn't have the the best angle on them. But there's a size mismatch there that that they just weren't able to overcome. And so, I mean, the way I would do it, and it's I mean, it's it's about as old school as it gets. Just just beat the hell out of him at the line get hands on them. And, and some of that's tough because Kittle will just destroy you with blocks. You know, he wants to take your soul and that's all he wants to do, but you've got to commit to that. No, no clean releases, no free runs through the, through the, through the secondary. And then, I mean, honestly, and, and you can't play the ball in the air that well, so it kind of sucks, but you know, beat him up at the line. And then that guy he passes off to stick Kevin King in the middle or something. I mean, he's not going to be your deep safety, but I had something like Kevin King. That's, that's a little rangy. That's got long arms that, you know, maybe stacks up a little more height wise and, and could potentially bother some of those. I, I, you know, might want to take my chances. I, I I'm going to kill myself saying this one might take my chances with Kevin King on that. Uh, just because he is kind of a, uh, kind of a rangier guy. There's kind of, I hate to invoke the name, but almost like a Ladarius Gunter thing, uh, Devon house, those guys who like maybe weren't great, you know, they were faster than a linebacker and they had long arms. Like that's, that's really what I'm looking for. No free releases, get it, get kind of a rangy guy with long arms on them. And I mean, they're going to catch their passes. Like there's not a whole lot you can do about some of that. They're going to get their numbers. They're going to catch the passes. You just don't want to see them doing what Mark Andrews did this past weekend. Definitely. All right. Our next question is from Cole. Oh, sorry. No holiday question. Christmas Eve gifts or Christmas morning both we do both well we always did when we were kids and we kind of have started doing we've done that as well with with my family now as well we we usually do um 
the, you know, the kids that we do like one gift Christmas Eve or something. We, we now do, we do stockings and one gift Christmas Eve and then the rest of the stuff Christmas morning, basically. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Now, I would say both as well. Um, typically, my boyfriend and I will exchange gifts on Christmas Eve, and then we try to spend Christmas Day with our families most of the day. And if we can meet up after those festivities, then great. Uh, so it's it's both for me, too, just because they're pretty different um, now. You know, grow, when I was a kid, it was definitely Christmas Day because that's when I pretty much got all my cool presents. Sure. But now it's like, oh, I have something special with someone on Christmas Eve, too. And then I get that time with my family in the morning on Christmas Day. So I definitely enjoy both. All right. Now on to our next question from Cole Pope. And it's a simple one. Will Rogers win MVP for a second straight season? Yeah, dude, it's stacking up real nice. I mean, after, you know, he had that disaster start against the Saints and a little slow out of the gate, but man, he's been on an absolute tear and no one else is really stepping up. I know, you know, Brady was kind of in the conversation uh, just because he's Tom Brady and he's going to be in the conversation. And then this season, like he had that stinker against the Saints. Uh, and he's had, you know, he's had a couple of those. And, you know, so it just, it seems like, I mean, for, there was a push after the game and I'm, I wasn't even necessarily mad at it that maybe Jonathan Taylor be in the running. And I, you know, I don't know that he should win it, but I think Jonathan Taylor should be in the running. There's just, there's not like all of the guys that you think of, like, I don't know, you know, potentially Justin Herbert. Well, I don't know if he's quite at that level yet and Patrick Mahomes well Patrick Mahomes had a really rough year and Josh Allen looked like the guy to take the jump and Josh Allen has had a really rough year so you just you go down a list of these guys and you look at some of the quarterback play and some of the inconsistency throughout I mean Stafford was a big name early just because he's doing with the Rams and then Stafford hit a lull and he's you know picked it up a little bit but it's not like you know you, you don't feel good about giving Stafford the MVP after the season he had. So I mean, I think you it's it's more by default because I don't think, especially you know, first half of the season, Rodgers was not playing at that level. But I mean, he's playing. I mean, he's playing right now better than anyone else in the league, and no one else is really stepping up. So I don't say give it to him by default. But yeah, I mean, I think I think Rodgers should be in the conversation. And right now, if these were to end today, and we're getting real close to season ending anyway, uh, I think I think he absolutely should win it. There's certainly a good chance. Mm-hmm. And our last question is from Matt Pickett. Which NFC team that's currently likely to have a playoff spot would you least want the Packers to play in the postseason? And then a bonus question, what's the best Christmas present you've ever got? Uh, so I'll start with this one since Dusty's been <laughs> taking a lot of the questions or all of the questions, actually. Um, and for me, it would be the Bucks. I just, I'm not ready to get hurt again, especially living in Florida where the few Bucks, true Bucks fans that actually exist are. Um, so really just don't want that to happen again. And they also just, the whole Rogers Brady thing kind of freaks me out, especially with how it's gone in the past at times. So I would like to avoid that at all costs. Um, and then the best Christmas present I've ever got. Oh, gee, I don't know how old I was, but it was when I got a GameCube. 
Um, because let me tell you, I'll turn around and that sucker's <laughs> still in my living room and I still play it. I revived it. I brought it back from the dead recently, got some new cables and yeah, I got my GameCube when I was really young. My brother and I was gifted to both of us and we each got a few games. I monkey ball was, that was my jam. I played <laughs> monkey ball all the time. Of course we had super smash Mario Kart, FIFA, Madden, all, you know, 2k, everything. But you know, that gift is probably two decades old. So, and I still use it. And it was such a life changing, not like actually life changing, but it would just completely as a kid when you're introduced, that was really the first piece of technology that I ever had. You know, it wasn't like now where you see kids play on tablets or anything. You know, that was the first thing I got before I had a Game Boy or a DS or anything. And it was super cool. So I would definitely say that just because it's had such a long lasting like impact and I still use my GameCube. So I used it in college and now I use it as an adult. <laughs> no, that's a good one. It's, it's tough to have that kind of longevity out of, out of a present like that. So that's, that's, that's hard to top. Um, right, so for teams, I don't want to see in the playoffs. So right now I've got a list of, you know, the Packers and then eight others. And so right now it's Cowboys, Bucks, Cardinals, Rams, Niners, Vikings, Vikings, Eagles, and Saints are all tied with seven to seven records. Uh, so that's your list there. I There's, you know, the Bucks are a good one, obviously, because, you know, what happened last year and Brady and, you know, all the stuff that kind of goes into that, um, that I don't feel like running down because I'm tired. Uh, but I've said the Niners a few weeks back, and I, I think I still hold to that just because they – I mean, they are a team that when they're on – I know they have Jimmy Garoppolo, so maybe their ceiling is a little low. But, man, like when they're on and that stuff's hitting and that run game's working, which it has been with Kittle in and, you know, Kittle's getting all that, that – all the yak opportunities and Debo Samuel's doing Debo Samuel things. Like they seem like a team that, that really took a while to round into form this year. And when they're on, which they lost the Seahawks a couple of years ago or a couple of weeks ago. So it's not like they're consistent week to week, but it feels like they could beat anyone any given week. Uh, and, and there's still the sting of, you know, the beatdowns by the 49ers a couple of years ago, kind of hanging over this and the Shanahan LaFleur thing and all of that. But I think that the Niners are towards the top of my list, even if you know, currently sitting eight and six and they haven't looked like world beaters for the most part. That's still a dangerous team. That seems like they're, they finally, you know, have figured out who they are and what they want to be. And then they've, you know, they're getting healthy at some of those key positions as well. So, and I would throw the saints in there just as an, just a thought as well, because, you know, they just held the bucks uh, scoreless nine, nothing. And that, that week one victory is still, that's, <laughs> that's still sitting out there. It's still something that happened, even if it feels like two lifetimes ago. So Saints are scary, even if that offense is garbage, that defense looks legit. So uh, those are those are my two. All right. Uh, that's it for questions, as always, guys. Thanks for thanks for sending those in. Uh, we really appreciate that. And we're going to get to final thoughts. Uh, I guess I will start with mine, because Sarah's better at finishing us out. Uh, kind of my normal stuff. You know, I talked about I was on Carry the G this week, which is which is awesome. I was on there with uh, Matt Mamba and Jed Mackey. Uh, and, that, you know, those those two people themselves are wonderful. And A.J. Dillon just so so awesome. I, just being able to talk to him and ask him questions and just, you know, I don't bask in his wonderfulness is awesome. So that was that was fun. Um, I also did a Packer Report uh, live recap with Ross Uglum. Uh, it came out yesterday. Kind of a video if you want to hear us break down uh, three plays and just kind of chop it up for a bit about the state of the defense. That was really fun. Uh, I love talking to Ross. So that's that's up over on Packer Report now. And then as far as stuff I've got, I've written. 
man, I got too much stuff. Uh, yes, yesterday, uh, I did a piece on uh, uh, fourth down pressure. That was, I think, uh, early in the fourth quarter that the, when the Raven, one of the times the Ravens went for it and the Packers didn't do a whole lot of pressure stuff, but a really fun look this week that kind of got the Ravens to full slide and they got Rashawn Gary matched up with a running back, which was fun. Uh, today on Packer Report, I did the, uh, that Aaron Jones, Kind of the the, our, the running back leak touchdown off of a mesh concept, which was really really cool and basically identical to one they did in week two against the Lions. So we talked through some of that. It's really really fun concept there. And then today on she said uh, I talk about all manner of things. Uh, some tweaks they're doing to uh, play action boot. Their play action boot one of their, their key concepts. Uh, slant flat, including the MVS touchdown with just that beautiful stretch. Just that beautiful stretch over the goal line uh, missed opportunity on the sluggo to Adams on their first pass play of the game. And I think five, five or six plays this week. So really fun week. I've got some videos I'm recording as well. They're going to be up at some point, uh, but you know, they, they didn't, they didn't break out a ton of new stuff, but you know, little, little tweaks here and there. So another, another fun week of looking at this stuff. Uh, Sarah, what do you got? Not as much as you, but um, <laughs> I will be back Saturday, Christmas day. Um, for a game recap, excited to watch the game with my family. You know, we'll be together doing something small. Um, I mean, I feel like now it's just small because I don't have a lot of relatives that live close anymore, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but I'm excited. You know, I have a, a few days off coming up and I'm really looking forward to that and just going back to see my parents and just get that time with them. But I know not everyone is able to travel. I know COVID is really crazy again right now. So just thinking of anybody who has COVID, who knows and has a loved one that may have COVID that they aren't able to see this holiday season. um, Hope everybody is able to make a speedy recovery and that they're okay after. But, um, you know, Merry Christmas and happy holidays to everyone. We will talk to you guys before the new year, and hopefully we'll be celebrating the best gift that all of us could receive this Saturday, which is a Packers win over the Browns. So we will see you guys next week. Hopefully Steve will be back. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Dusty Eadley, at Steve Perhatch, and at Sarah Kelleher 4 and of course at Packaday Podcast. So Merry Christmas, happy holidays. We'll see you before the new year. Go Pack Go!